transmitting live from the heart of Times Square on 99.5 FM, WBAI New York, Pacifica Radio for the Tri-State Area. This is Trump Watch, a weekly series examining how President Donald J. Trump and his administration are changing the world we live in. I'm your host, Jesse Lennon. Conrad, Tokyo, Sparrow, Pistachio, just well, let me tell you about Twitter. I think that maybe I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Twitter because I get such a fake press, such a dishonest press. The news is not honest, much of the news. It's not honest. And when I have close to 100 million people watching me on Twitter, including Facebook, including all of the Instagram, including POTUS, including lots of things, but we have, you know, I guess pretty close to 100 million people. I have my own form of media. But just on Twitter, if I don't do that, I won't get my word out. Because when I tell, when I say things, the press doesn't cover it accurately. They cover it very inaccurately, much of the press. When I can reach, whether it's 90 million or 100 million or 80 million, however many people it may turn out to be when you add everything up, and then of course it gets disseminated from there, when I can reach that many people, Twitter is a wonderful thing for me because I get the word out. That was President Donald Trump speaking to Fox News in March of 2017. Twitter is a medium that has played an unprecedented role in the Trump presidency, presenting a unique problem for broadcast journalists, with the president issuing major statements and even breaking news on the social media platform, who should voice his tweets. Hello and welcome to Trump Watch. In his rise to political prominence, President Trump has borrowed plays from both insult comics and shock jocks alike. But if you would allow me to editorialize for a minute, as we do our best to avoid doing on this program, there's only one voice throughout history that is the natural choice for the job, and that is the original shock comic, Lenny Bruce. We're all in for a very special treat tonight because the great Lenny Bruce joins us now in the studio and he's agreed to read some of the president's tweets. Hello, Lenny. Welcome to Trump Watch. Thanks so much for being our guest on the show. I know it must not have been easy to make it here. Thank you, Jesse. I appreciate it, man. You know, it's, a, it's great to be here. I do appreciate it. Let's start with a recent tweet. This is from December 17th. Here's Trump talking about the Federal Reserve decision of whether to raise interest rates, as read by comic genius Lenny Bruce. It is incredible that with a very strong dollar and virtually no inflation, the outside world blowing up around us, Paris is burning and China weighed down. The Fed is even considering yet another interest rate hike. Take the victory! Exclamation point. That is presumably a reference to the recent mass protests across France in response to a fuel tax that the French government has since abandoned and the president's longtime foe, China. Lenny, why do you think Donald Trump is so rough on China? Well, uh, well, <laughs> that's a funny question. He just can't get out of his own way. What can I tell you? Okay, let's get to another tweet now. This is from November 10th regarding the recent forest fires in California. There is no reason for these massive, deadly, and costly forest fires in California, except that forest management is so poor. Billions of dollars are given each year, with so many lives lost, all because of gross mismanagement of the forest. Remedy now or no more Fed payments. 
I mean, you know, it really helps that he yells at us. You know, that really will teach me a lesson. <laughs> Everything, you know, that really will change the, the perspective of the people. Because, you know, before that, they would think, well, I, you know, I, I think I'm doing an okay job. But if you just yell at me, you know, and, and, you, and you try to bully me and boss me around, I might actually do a better job. So what the president is apparently doing here is blaming the local forest rangers for not protecting California from two of the deadliest fires in the state's history. Harold Shateberger, president of the International Association of Firefighters, called the president's tweet, quote, reckless and insulting to the firefighters and people being affected in a statement to CNN. Uh, obviously, uh, people building houses deeper and deeper into the California wilderness has also played a big role here. Lenny, what are your thoughts on this? You ever spend any time in the California woods? Well, no, I think uh, some of my best uh, best times are in the woods. You know, I mean, I a lot of groovy things went down in the woods, you know, but I, I don't really want to talk about those. But I will say, though, you know, I, I, I think it, it, it's just kind of shocking that when people are down, I mean, you know, and they're really having a hard time, people are evacuating, leaving their homes, they're down. And, and, this, and, and this guy's best idea is to point out all the faults of what he thinks are, are, are wrong with, with people and how they're handling their business. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's, but I, I did grow up out on Long Island. And, you know, on Long Island, it was, you know, we had some, we had more than a couple of twigs. I mean, you know, there was, there was you know, you know, I mean, in Brooklyn, you know, you have a little, a few twigs in the front yard. You think you're in a, you have a beautiful uh, garden. But, but in Long Island, there was definitely some, uh, there was the wood. We got lost in the woods as a kid, you know. President Trump sent out another one of his tweets lambasting Saturday Night Live on Sunday. Here it is, as read by Lenny Bruce. A real scandal is the one-sided coverage, hour by hour, of networks like NBC and Democratic spin machines like Saturday Night Live. It is all nothing less than unfair news coverage and Dem commercials. Should be tested in courts, can't be legal. Only defame and belittle. Collusion? Very nice. <laughs> it's hard to read these, man. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, how do you really wrap your head around where his mind is at? You know? The president or other elected officials paying this much attention to comics is something I'm sure you can relate to. What do you think it means to have a president who is so actively speaking out against the way he's portrayed on a comedy show? Well, talk about self-awareness. I mean... The guy, uh, he doesn't understand. He's creating all of this. You know, it's like, it's like, it, first of all, if you're the butt of the joke every night, you know, clearly you have to take a look in the mirror and see what the hell, you know, your part is. But he doesn't even know he has a part. Actually, I think he thinks he's the only one who's living on the planet at this point. So what do I think? I think that uh, it's he's an easy target, man. It's easy pickings. I mean, uh, they probably don't even need a writing staff at this point. Everybody could just, you know. Just kind of leave it up to the host and, and, and go home early. You know, it's, he makes it easy. Well, it's making it easy for us to do the writing tonight, that's for sure. <laughs> Here's another tweet from over the weekend. This is the president commenting on the end of the conservative publication, The Weekly Standard, which had been critical of Trump. Lenny, would you do the honors? The pathetic and dishonest Weekly Standard, run by failed prognosticator Bill Kristol, who, like many others, never had a clue, is flat broke and out of business. Too bad. May he rest in peace. I'm speaking with comedy icon Lenny Bruce. You're listening to Trump Watch. My name is Jesse Lent. 
Lenny, a big part of President Trump's recent Twitter activity has been relating to special counsel Robert Mueller's ongoing investigation into collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. So let's run through a few of these tweets. The first is from Monday about Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, who was sentenced to three years in federal prison last week. Remember, Michael Cohen only became a rat after the FBI did something which was absolutely unthinkable and unheard of until the witch hunt was illegally started. They broke into an attorney's office. Why didn't they break into the DNC to get the server or Crooked's office? Crooked, presumably a reference to crooked Hillary Clinton there, as Trump frequently refers to the 2016 uh, Democratic nominee for president on Twitter. Lenny... Do you think the special counsel went too far raiding Michael Cohen's office here? You had your own home raided a couple times by federal agents, didn't you? Yes, but first let me say, he's using words, our president's using words like rat. I mean, what is he, Al Capone? This is what we're dealing with here? I mean, it's like Tony Soprano. I mean, it's unbelievable. Rat. I mean, who talks like this? Well, besides... Tony <laughs> Soprano. Yeah, so besides those guys, but our president, I mean, have a little class. But no, I mean, so what was the question? Do I do I do I have a problem with the fact that they raided his house? I mean, listen, when we elect we elect somebody, we want to make sure that their hands are clean, at least as clean as they could be. So no, I mean, I think look, if you have something to hide, do yourself a favor and don't run for president. You know, it's that simple. So you're saying that comedians and presidents should perhaps be held to a different standard. Well, I don't know about comedians. So, you know, don't, don't put me in that conversation. But no, listen, you know, they, they were searching my house for another reason, but I don't want to get into that right now. Well, what would that be? Well, you know, let's just say that there was a time that I was um, involved in pharmaceuticals. We'll <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> All right, moving right along then. Here's another tweet from Trump from the same day. So where are all the missing text messages between fired FBI agents Peter S. and the lovely Lisa Page, his lover? Just reported that they have been erased and wiped clean. What an outrage as the totally compromised and conflicted witch hunt moves ever so slowly forward. Want them. Does he have anybody in his life who tells him the truth or is this just not the way it is with this guy? Here's Donald Trump's tweet from Friday after a federal judge struck down Obamacare as unconstitutional, a decision expected to be appealed in the Supreme Court, as read by Lenny Bruce. You know, it's crazy. I, I, I think about him writing these tweets and I try to envision his... Uh, his, uh, him sitting there all by himself in a little, like, it's really... A, a lot of them are very early in the morning, 4 yeah. or 5 a.m. The president uh, reportedly likes to tweet alone uh, in the residence, <laughs> the, uh, often with Fox News on the television, as some aides have coffee, said. Yeah. Perhaps yeah. Uh, as he's getting ready. Uh, I don't want to draw too vivid a picture here for our no, listeners. that's good. I think we all... Wow. But not surprisingly, Obamacare was just ruled unconstitutional by a highly respected judge in Texas. Great news for America. As I predicted all along, Obamacare has been struck down as an unconstitutional disaster. Now Congress must pass a strong law that provides great health care and protects pre-existing conditions. Mitch and Nancy, get it done. That is, of course, President Trump appealing to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and the predicted soon-to-be House Majority Leader Nancy Pelosi to act on health care. 
Lenny, do you think you would have gotten help earlier for your much-publicized struggles with heroin and morphine addiction if you had been able to receive free health care from the government? Well, I don't know. I was in the Screen Actors Guild, so I had I had pretty good insurance. No, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm just, no, <laughs> it wasn't I, the insurance. No, that it was wasn't the, the insurance. I, I think it was my dealer. He wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> I don't think it would have affected me so much because I have a feeling that if somebody said, hey, we got health care for you, Lenny, I wasn't suddenly going to go, good idea. Okay, let me stop doing this now. But, but, you know, listen, people need it, man. I mean, you know, it's unbelievable that people go without this country in any way. It kind of blows my mind, so. And what about you? Where was that need coming from? Why do you think you went down that road? Oh, man. Yes, we, we need about three hours to discuss that. But I would say, let's just say, um, you know, it was the lifestyle, man. It was just what was around. It was what was happening. You know, a lot of, uh, I, 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 you know, I hung out in some, uh, some uh, shady places with some interesting people. So what can I tell you? I mean, you know, how does anything get started? So one day you wake up and there you are, so... Was it a way of connecting with a lot of the jazz musicians that you were performing with and looked up to, at least as you wrote in your autobiography? Absolutely, man. That's uh, that's that's a fact. I mean, you know, when you when you're hanging out with those guys and you kind of want to participate in what they're doing. So you know, it, when you first start out, it's great. Then suddenly you wake up one day and it's a habit. And you don't know how you got there. You know. Is there anything that you would tell anyone with substance issues uh, as someone that's been there and been around the block a few times? Well, chances are, if you, th if for at any moment you actually thought you might have a problem, you probably have a problem. If it came up for you in any way, you know, and, and if, you know, because if they had, you know, these uh, these twelve step meetings, if if they had these meetings for people who needed it and not just wanted it, they'd have their meetings at Madison Square Garden. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a big problem. And, and so, so I would just say to you if, you, if you've, if you've considered you have a problem, you probably do. Normal people don't count their drinks or their drugs, you know? Has it been surreal for you now in the age of Trump seeing the opioid crisis treated as a medical issue where, say, the crack epidemic of the 80s or the heroin epidemic in your day was always seen as a crime issue? Yes, yes. And, I, and I'm not surprised that, uh, you know, marijuana just got legalized in California because, you know, I, I said... New Jersey as well, yes. New, oh, New Jersey as well. So I said many years ago that uh, someday pot would be legal because the people who are smoking pot now will be in office and they want to protect themselves. So there will come a day when, when, and, when, uh, when pot became legal, and I was right. How about that? Here's Trump tweeting about one of his favorite foes, the media. Never in the history of our country has the press been more dishonest than it is today. Stories that should be good are bad. And stories that should be bad are horrible. Many stories, like with the real story on Russia, Clinton and the DNC seldom get reported. Too bad! Exclamation point. Lenny Bruce, why do you think the president is so fond of beating up on the media? <laughs> <laughs> well, why is he fond of beating up on the media? Because he's he wants to beat up on anyone who, you know, he's a big baby. I mean, the guy's like, you know, he wants to beat up on anybody who doesn't see it the way he sees it. And I can't believe that he's actually convinced people that what he's saying is real and true. And so why is he fond of it? Because it distracts people from the real issues. You know, it, it's kind of like that guy in the schoolyard. You know the one, the bully in the schoolyard? That you get him alone, you kick his ass. You know, you give him a shot and a kisser. And then he and then he gets a, he cries, he says, please, leave me alone. He gets a half a block away, and then he gives you the middle finger again. 
that kid. Well, that's who he is on a bigger scale. So why is he why is he uh, want to beat up the media? Because he, he you know he wants it his way. You know, the president's been accused himself of uh, being an insult comic or using comedy tactics against his enemies. Do you see any kind of similar tactics to the ones that you've employed on stage? Do you see a dark comic, perhaps a, uh, a provocative comic in Trump, or is this a different type of thing? No, man, because like a good comic is able to like look at all sides of the thing, you know, and like this guy has one side and it's, uh, and it's his backside, you know, but I mean, but really it's like, you know, so, so no, I don't see it because there's no value in it because good comedians, the great ones, Pryor and Carla and these guys, you know, they're, they're able to expose an issue, look at all sides of it, find it funny maybe, and, and discuss the truth. See, that's what they're missing is the truth, you know. So you can't say something you can't say something that's dishonest and go, no, no, it's true. And that's just the way it is, believe me. Like this guy's convinced himself that it's true. So so is he doing some dark comedy? No, man. I don't know what he's doing. I think uh, it's not that. So I can't give him that much credit. And so that I don't run the risk of being accused of being fake news myself. I should point out to those who haven't already figured it out that Lenny Bruce died in 1966, and my guest has been the great Ronnie Marmo, who is currently portraying Lenny in the one-man off-Broadway show, I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce, directed by Joe Montaigne, and playing now at The Cutting Room at 44 East 32nd Street in Manhattan. Ronnie, thanks so much for doing this. How do you think the story of Lenny Bruce relates to this current political moment in America? First of all, thank you, Jesse. This has been a blast. I appreciate it. I had no idea what the heck was going to happen. How do I think? I think, you know, we're still fighting for a lot of the same things, free speech. And, uh, you know, Lenny Bruce, uh, he was way ahead of his time and people didn't know what to do with him because he was he was smart. And I think a guy like Lenny Bruce today would freak Trump out. You know, he would just freak him out. And so um, I think that in some ways we've progressed, obviously. I mean, people get to do what they do because of Lenny Bruce. But in so many ways, we're still struggling with free speech, do we really have it? You know, what is the line? What is okay to say? What is the line? Who's going to step over the line? Then who's going to, you know, reset the line? And and so I think in so many ways, I mean, we're dealing with this, uh, I just, I feel like we're going in reverse. And so I, I feel like some, some things are so relevant, you know? Right, there's a lot of comedians who, Jerry Seinfeld is one who refused to play college campuses right now because they feel like the climate is sort of a a minefield. Do you think that we're returning to a more restrictive, more conservative era reminiscent of the time that Lenny Bruce existed in? Yes, because you just said Jerry Seinfeld, right? So if Seinfeld, who like (laughs) spends time doing, you know, 10 minutes of material on Tide and how they're still improving Tide, if he's worried, then everybody needs to be worried. By the way, I love Jerry Seinfeld. He's one of the great comics. But you see my point. It's like he's one of the cleaner comics out there. So if he's afraid to discuss what's on his mind, he's not the only one. You know, I, I, I think I saw an interview about Steve Harvey. I think it was Steve Harvey who said, you know, I, I, I like my life. I like my two homes and my three cars. And so I'm not doing stand-up anymore. It's that kind of advice. I don't, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose my job. I like my life. And so there's a lot of people like that. And Lenny would have a field day with that. But um, I think we're going to have to f- go so far to the other side to somehow get in the middle again. Uh, but I do think that we're in a big growth spurt in this country. And I think... It's scary because people are, people leave their house 
waiting and expecting to be, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, offended. They leave their house going, who's going to offend me in the next 10 minutes? And so, you know, doing the Lenny Bruce show, it's crazy because, talk about offensive. I, there's some really heavy stuff in that show, as you, as you saw. And so um, I deal with it nightly on stage, and I see people, what they think and where they are, and, you know. You may be referring to one specific bit where you repeat the N-word. This is a famous Lenny Bruce bit with the goal being to remove the power of the word if you repeat it. In choosing what to include in this show, because I should add, uh, you have the great Joe Montaigne as your director, but you wrote this show. Yes. Did you ever worry about blowback from bits that were certainly uh, controversial in Lenny's day, but that could be misread as all-out offensive today? Every time I get on stage, I go, oh, no, i got to do the bit again. And then, and literally every night. And then I go, but I'm playing Lenny Bruce, and I know his heart was pure and his intentions were right. So uh, it was the most anti-racist bit you could get to, but you have to listen to it, you know. And it was also a different time in this country. I, I don't think you can do the bit today. I take the audience back to 1964, so we're able to do it. But some people get offended. I've had people walk out, and I've had some people stand up and cheer. Um, so do I think that bit would work today? No, and I don't even think Lenny would do it today because it's just a different time. But So the answer to your question is yes. I'm freaked out every time. and But I also know that it's uh, if I'm going to play the man, I have to play the man and try to tell that story, you know. Are there other comedians that you see in the present day picking up the mantle? You, you mentioned before that you think Trump would be terrified of, of Lenny. Are there any comedians you see as that formidable that might be uh, impressive enough or funny enough or incisive enough to uh, instill fear in the president? Sure. I, I, well, I think pretty much anybody who speaks would instill fear in the president, uh, including my 11-year-old. But uh, – <laughs> sorry um, – but what do I think? So Steve Colbert, Bill Maher. I mean, there's so many guys now who've kind of carried George Carlin until until he passed on. There's so many guys who carried the torch and continue. Howard Stern. I mean, these guys nightly get to do what they do because of Lenny Bruce. And I think uh, I think Trump is threatened by anything he doesn't understand or that people don't agree with. So it's kind of like that bully in school. Like some of these comics, like Steve Colbert, is very smart, you know. And so he'll do he'll do something, he'll say something, and then and then we'll just, you know Trump will just lash out at him because he doesn't understand it. So I think there are so many guys like that. John Stewart, uh, a lot of guys like that. Chappelle, I love all those guys. Chris Rock, they're all they're all great. So in reviewing the uh, material, uh, figuring out what you were going to include. Uh, in the script, in the show. Was there anything that hit you as being particularly relevant in the era of Trump? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lenny did a whole bit on fake news, which I saw it at first. Immediately I was like, oh my, fake news. Please don't tell me, Lenny, you're backing up Trump. You know? <laughs> but then what it was, and he was right, it was a very different thing. Lenny, uh, you guys should YouTube it, Lenny Bruce fake news. And what you'll see is Lenny as, is taking the newspaper... And there was there was a robbery, and it was the same robbery written up in about five different newspapers, and all the facts were different, and it was all released in the same day. So it was very funny how Lenny reads it. So that was fake news, Lenny. The difference is 
you have to be honest. I mean, here's the thing. Is there such thing as a fake news? Sure, I'm sure of it. But you can't be so dishonest all the time, and then your rebuttal is fake news, fake news. So I think I think Lenny Bruce was really against hypocrisy, and he would tell on himself. I mean, you know, there's that famous uh, famous moment in life when, uh, when he and Honey got into this big car accident. And he started to pray to God, and then he thought, you know, he was—he started yelling at himself, saying, "You don't believe in God, but something you're going to pray when you need something." So there was hypocrisy to him. So I don't know. So the answer is yes. There were so many things in the script that I thought are relevant today. In fact, I think it all is. You know, I think it all has its place. So you're saying he was just uh, as hard on himself in identifying that hypocrisy. So he certainly wouldn't have suffered it in others like the president easily. Well, a million percent. I mean, that that's what we're attracted to with comics, aren't we? When they're able to open up their heart and their soul and, and show us their flaws. That's what that's what attracts us to comedy. And that's why we laugh, because sometimes we identify with them. That's where the laughs come from. When you see a great comic and they're talking about it, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. But we're really attracted to, to, to people who have demons and flaws, and Lenny Bruce certainly did. We're not attracted to people who are, you know, thick-headed and pig-headed and think it's their way of the highway, and they don't understand their own vulnerability or even in, in touch with it at all. So it's a, very, it's a very different time when our leadership is so one-dimensional. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, and uh, this was a great time. I appreciate it, Jess. I've been speaking with Ronnie Marmo, star of I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce, who did part of that interview in character as Lenny Bruce. You're listening to Trump Watch. My name is Jesse Lent. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Reggie Johnson engineered this program live. You can hear all 98 episodes of Trump Watch with Jesse Lent at soundcloud.com slash trumpwatchwdai or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. We'll be airing a rebroadcast next week, but we'll be back the following Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. when we'll break down a different aspect of the Donald Trump administration. Until then, I'm your host, Jesse Lent. Have a wonderful holiday season, however you choose to spend it, and I'll talk to you next time. Smoke some hell.